Hello? Hello? Good morning. Good afternoon. It's almost afternoon. How is everybody today at Fan Expo Canada? All right, we're going we're gonna to get the energy up just a little bit more before we bring Jen out. My name is Moises. Uh, they brought me, brought me in from the great state of Texas to uh, host some Q&As for you guys. This is my second time at Fan Expo Canada. I love this city. I love this country. I love all of you people. Uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful country uh, to run away from uh, the, the way that my country is at the moment. Um, so are there any fans of Mass Effect out in the audience today? So just, just one or two. Uh, anybody like me, uh, a real obsessive Metal Gear Solid player from the old PlayStation days? Okay. Now, I'm going to need you guys to blow the roof off of this place to get Jen out on stage. Do you think you can do that? Yeah? All right. Let's try. Ladies and gentlemen, Jennifer Hale. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, you're on. Is this thing on? It is on. Good morning. I'm going to call it morning because it's early for a con. How is everybody? Yay. Now, we, we have microphones set up, two over here, two over here. Good, because I want to talk about you guys, not me. <laughs> Let's talk about you for a moment, if you'll <laughs> indulge us. All right. If you'll indulge us. What, what's your origin story as an actor? What got you into acting as something that you were interested in doing, whether it's a, a profession or not? I was walking down the street, and I fell into a hole. And there was a voice booth, and I never got out. <laughs> no. I, uh, I went to a fine arts high school, because regular high school would never have worked for me. I was a very, uh, very unusual kid. Um, I was the kid everyone made fun of. So I went to the School of Unusual Kids, and it worked out. I memorized my monologue in the car at about 1 o'clock in the morning to get into the school. I barely made it into the school. I joke that I made it in by the skin of my teeth, because that's the monologue I did. And... Um, that got me to some training, and so a couple years later when I, I got a job at a video production house right next door to an audio studio, they needed somebody who could talk without a southern accent, and that was me. So I was like, wait, you're going to pay me for this? Okay. And uh, my stepdad used to refer to me as the little capitalist piglet. Um, because I always kind of had a sense that money was like a place of security and freedom. And when someone paid me 30 bucks to talk, I was like, oh, I'm going there. You know, and I was also singing in clubs at the time and rock and roll was really, singing was my heart. But uh, a few years after that, I was acting full time already. So I was like, well, I better stick to the acting because it's paying me more. So. Well, everybody I talk to who works in the voice industry, everybody has a different way into it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times what people come to these cons and want to know is, how do I become a voice actor? I do funny voices, that kind of thing. You know, Dee Bradley Baker has his oh, website. God, Rob Paulson has so this magnificent brilliant. podcast. You have a podcast about making money. I actually have a podcast about making money. I have a podcast about you and your relationship with money. My podcast, my mission, I, I do a lot of investing um, because passive income is the bomb. And because most people don't know about it and understand it, so I do a lot of reading on airplanes to understand the larger economic climate. And I swear, every new book I read, I want to stand up and say to the entire plane, um, you guys, listen, there's this thing coming that they're doing, and you're going to get creamed, and they're shredding you for their own profit. Can I? But they'll lock you up for that stuff. So... I started my podcast because I'm sick and tired of watching the average people be used as cannon fodder to increase the corporate, you know, money bags. I'm done. I'm done. And if you guys, yeah. It, thanks. If you guys are informed, then we can save ourselves. But without information, you don't know. For example, do you, how many of you are actually aware that we really do live in the matrix? Show of hands. Show of hands, wow. Okay, let me tell you, you live in the matrix. No, seriously, you, do you know, does anybody in here know the most valuable commodity that you possess? Talking about the global economy and what runs the global economy. Does anybody here know what the most valuable commodity is that you own? Nope. You personally own. Really good answers. Body parts, Body I like that, that was good. Really good answers, all of them. The most valuable thing you possess and what everyone is after is your attention. And they've got it. As long as you're doing that, they've got you locked in that little box and they're monitoring what you like and they're selling you more stuff. Does anybody in here, well see, we're in Canada now, so it's a little better. But in, in the US, we're sold a bunch of crap called the food pyramid and it's made most everybody sick and overweight because it's not right, yeah, but it's you, sold a lot of food. 
Yeah, you need a giant load of uh, bread every day. That's what you need. Jesus. A lot of bread, you know, maybe a good pile of sugar. Right? And you're also told, just stick your money in this account for retirement. And in the U.S., the rules changed. It's a whole pyramid. Anyway, a whole rabbit hole. Welcome. Come down my rabbit hole with me. The podcast is called The Art of Money. And I talk to people one-on-one about how to bust out of where they are. Um, To me, money's a table. It's got four legs. It's, let's see if I can remember all four legs. Um, one leg is knowledge, which we're generally not given. The next leg is um, habits. Like, what are your money habits? The next leg is what's your plan? And then the fourth leg is the most elusive and I think one of the most important, and that is being. What's your family story around money? What's your being around money? Do you have permission to have it? Does it kind of mean you're a rich snothead if you do and you're one of the good poor people if you don't? Like what's your being around money? And that's where people get really stuck. So it's a fun thing to deconstruct. It's, it's something that if somebody's wanting to go out to LA or work in the business, you know, they, they need to learn how to, how to watch out for themselves, how to protect themselves. If you want to grow a life anywhere, you need to, like I always ran my voice acting business like a business. I had a schedule that I had to cold call ad agencies on to present my demo because we didn't have an agent when I started in the town where I started. And I, every month I ran, I got, um, Revenue Canada, I would guess, probably has a similar form to the U.S. Um, it's called In the U.S., it's called a Schedule C. It's what all your deductions are if you're self-employed. So I just made categories that match that, and every month I filled them in with what I'd spent that month, and at the end of the year I had a bunch of deductions, you know, things like that. I ran it like a business. Yeah. We're going to get some questions from you guys. Go ahead Let's and get it. up to the microphones. Let's do it. And I think we got somebody right over here. Hi, feel free to bend that, point, just point that thing yeah. down. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, so, a uh, big Mass Effect fan here. Um, when you uh, played uh, Shepard, uh, did you pref- which Shepard did you prefer to play? Uh, Paragon Shepard or Renegade Shepard? <laughs> well, you know, I always say Paragon is who I wish I was. And renegade is what I wish I could say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I should go. <laughs> and that is my favorite line on the Citadel. So let's jump, <laughs> let's jump over to this microphone yes. here. Hi. Um, I'm a big fan of Mass Effect 2, as well as Mortal Kombat, obviously. Uh, so there's so many sequels in DLC these days. Do you find it tough to get back into a role? Like, do you, Does it take time to remember what the voice is like? Um, there's a lot of echo on your mic, but I think you're asking me if it's tough with all the different roles going on to get in and out of each role. Like, like to go back to do, uh, like when you do DLC, dude, is it tough to remember what it was like to have that voice? No, no. I actually do keep a log in my phone of particular voices that are a little more difficult. Honestly, that's mostly for animation because we'll record and then we'll have, you know, a few months off and then we go back in again. Um, plus, they'll always have reference. And I generally have like a gut take on each, on, on every character logged somewhere in my, in the big filing cabinet that is our brains. Yeah. Thank you. Let's, see, let's go to this mic back here. Yeah. Hello. Uh, this is a, actually a Samus Aran question. Ugh! <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people were a little bit upset with uh, the other M portrayal or portrayal of uh, Samus Aran. How, was you, how did you feel about that as far as how she was played differently and how it was really different from how the other games had portrayed her before? No, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I don't own these characters. I just breathe life into them when I'm asked to. So I don't, I don't feel proprietary. I mean, I do, but I don't allow myself to because it's not... There's nothing I can do, and I don't spend a lot of time on things I can't do anything about. I have a lot of things I can do something about. It matters to me, but I'm not going to get mad. Yeah. Thank you. Over here. Yeah. Hi, Jennifer. Uh, thank you so much for coming to Toronto. I have a question and a line request, if that's not a problem. I'm not sure if you remember, but in, you played a very interesting character back in 1999. She was called Fall from Grace. Oh, yeah. Hold that thought. There's so much echo, and it's going out that way. I'm having trouble hearing people's questions. Um, 
If there's anything that audio can do about that, that would be amazing. Okay, Fall from Grace, yes? Yes, she w and she was in a uh, cult classic PC role-playing game called Planescape Torment that yes. was recently re-released as an enhanced edition. My question is, were you at all approached for recording more of your character's dialogue for the game's re-release? Torment is practically a novel, and, and many of Fall from Grace's best moments aren't voiced by you, such as when she confides in the main character about how she's continually tormented by going against her evil nature, and so aren't anywhere near as moving as they might be with your voice work. <laughs> no, I wasn't approached about any of any re-records for that project. Um, so no, but I think they had plenty from our original records to work with. <laughs> yeah. I see. And my line request is uh, f is fall from Grace's last line from uh, from Torment. She said, "Time is not your enemy; forever is." Would you be willing to say that line for us? Oh my gosh, I have to remember her tonality. Now see, this is that log. She's so far back in the logs. Let me see. Time is not the enemy, forever is. Is that right? Thank you so very Thank much. Thank you. Yeah. It sounds like it was right. Right over here. Hi, uh, big Quest for Glory 4 fan, um, but my question is actually about Mass Effect. Uh, out of all the work you did on the trilogy, what part of it specifically was your favorite? Was there like a particular part of one of the games, one of the DLC? Like what was the best part of working on Mass Effect for you? Ironically, because I didn't want to be doing the endings, rec but recording the endings was some of the, the most amazing writing and some of the places where I just got carried. There are these moments, you know, for anyone who's an actor in here, you, you completely disappear and the project just takes you over and you're on a ride you didn't expect. And that happened a lot in recording the ending stuff. It was great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right up oh, yeah. here. Back corner. Hi. I'm very short. Hi. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering, of all the characters that you've played throughout your career, who do you think is the most like you personally? That's a heck of a question from Shepard to Shepard. Right? <laughs> well, just between us shepherds. Um, the most like me personally. They all have major aspects of me in them. I think that's why I play them, of course. I don't know, you know, Cinderella I can relate to. I had a very difficult beginning in life, and uh, so I totally related to that character. Um, Shepard, because I've always wanted to save the world, and I got to save the galaxy. Um, God, there's so many, there's so many. I loved, I love my crazy characters too, because God knows, sometimes that's what's in my head. You know, Princess Morbucks and Seducive. <laughs> you know. Fair enough. <laughs> that extreme does live in here. It's kind of terrifying. There's a few. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right over here. Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah, that's you. It's Snake. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. So like most people, Mass Effect is what uh, made me aware of you. Uh, but I wasn't anticipating coming here today and being taught a little bit about finance. <laughs> Um, so I'm very curious about your podcast now, actually. Oh. But since you live in the States now, I'm wondering like, how much of your podcast would be relevant to somebody who lives in Canada? It would be quite relevant because the modern educational system was born in, in the Victorian era in Great Britain, right? When they ran a global empire from a tiny island in the Atlantic. How do you do that without computers? You standardize reading writing and math, and you train people to carry out your orders, thereby creating a giant human supercomputer, right? You're never going to teach them how to run the system. You're never going to teach them the inside secrets of finance, because what's gonna happen? They're gonna turn on you and create their own industry and their own you know, power structures. So that's a global issue, you know, the disempowerment. Also, Corporate corruption is the greatest disease that exists today. Without corruption, we, would, we could already handle hunger on this planet. Without corruption, we could handle a great deal of poverty. Without corruption, we could handle a lot more disease. Um, corruption is the number one issue. Corporate corruption, we're dealing with it right now in Canada. My father has been wrongfully imprisoned in Labrador for fighting a dam that is Crown, done, put up by a crown corporation, so it's not supposed to make money or lose money, because if it does, the people are getting stuck with the bill. There's about, what, 30,000 people in Labrador? 
and Newfoundland's as well part of this bill. That bill is $2 billion over budget, that project is. I've seen photographs of the core samples from one part of that dam. It is being built on water and sand. It is going to take out an entire town, likely kill a bunch of people, and guess who's gonna have to foot that bill? You guys are. So yeah, the podcast is for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice to see that you have maintained connections with Canada. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. Really quick, one last thing. There's a live script reading for The Princess Bride tomorrow. You wouldn't happen to be there, would you? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. What, what The Princess Bride? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there. I'll Excellent. be there. Twisted That's Tunes? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. If, I'll be there. If Thank you haven't you so seen much. one of these really great Princess Bride readings that they do, oh my gosh. It, you prepare to have your minds blown. Especially with Maurice there and Charlie. That is going to be in, and Nolan, Nolan is out of control at these things. He gets up and acts them out. If, He's hilarious. If you guys are in this room a little bit later to see Nolan's q and I'm going to make him do his Mickey Mouse. Oh, make him do his John Cleese. Um, oh, mm -hmm. there we go, there we go. Tell him you want some silly walks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just the, the one momentary thing that I'd, I'd throw in there, bragging on your, your podcast. Oh. Uh, it's something that, you know, yeah, there's a lot of U.S. tax-based stuff that's in there, but yeah. I've listened to every episode of this thing, and it is Thank applicable you. to everybody who lives in this global economy and this uh, globalized world that we're in. Uh, it's, it's all affecting all of us in lots of different ways. Yeah. Uh, I've listened to every episode twice. Thank you. And I'm on oh, a stage with her every I'm couple so months. You know, one thing I want to tell you guys is that this that we do to stay connected is disconnecting us from some very important things. We've been infantilized, you know, turned into children in terms of money and government especially. Not as bad in this country, but it's still here. And we have to step up an adult in those areas or we're going down. We've got to take back the power structures. We've got to hold people accountable. Um, corruption's everywhere and it really is all about, it used to be enough to just do the right thing. Now you have to step up and let the power structures know you expect them to do the right thing, and if they don't, you will hold them accountable. And it's too much for one person to do. But one termite, you guys have termites here, right? We have termites here, yeah, right? One, this, like some cities have them, some cities don't, some climates have them, yeah. One termite cannot take down a house, but a termite colony can take down a house. So we can take the house back. So, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, people say don't meet your heroes. Definitely meet Shepard. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> over here. Uh, over here? Okay. Um, hi. I'd like to say first, fellow Newfoundlander, I'm from St. John's. Woo! When I, heard, when I found out that you were from Happy Valley Goose Bay, I was like, okay, my respect for Jennifer Hale already went up even more. And one of my favorite roles that you were in was in Bullet Storm, oh. because that was such a just insane game. <laughs> it was and crazy. I felt your character was perfect because you're just this crazy, like She's out there. I was foul very... mouth character, and it was awesome. Thank you. I was and very pregnant when it. I recorded that. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it felt wrong. I was like, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And then and we go up, up to there. the back. Hi. Um, I believe it was maybe late last year, if I stand corrected, but I think you and some other voice actors went on strike. Yes, we um, are. Uh, I wanted to know if you could tell us a bit about that. Or Yeah. In the U.S. Um, acting, game acting contracts, we, get, um, we asked for four things. We asked for a secondary payment if the game does well. Right now, we get paid our session fee rec for recording the game, and Regardless of how much that game will go on to make, we don't see another cent. Um, never have. And um, so we asked for a secondary payment if the game does really well. Second thing we asked for was transparency. When we're negotiating about a game, we would like to know if we're negotiating for another part of a AAA title or some cool new indie. Right now, everything records under names like Mustard, you know, and Poutine. And you're like, we don't know what the game is. They all have NDAs and fake names. Third thing we asked for was vocal safety, because I know some people who've like trashed their voice, some of them permanently, in sessions, because it's, it's like being in a nightclub and talking like this the whole time, you know? It's, it's hazardous. And then the fourth thing we asked for was be guaranteed a stunt coordinator on mocap sets, because on a lot of them, they're trying to get away with not doing it. So they said no to everything, and we said okay. They had their version of what they wanted to pay us, and we said, all right, let's do this. 
for every new, new person, new company that wants to come hire us, let us show them your version of the contract and ours and let them pick. So you never have to hire us under the one we like. You just take yours. And they said, no, all ours are nothing. So we went, all right, we're on strike. So we're holding out. As long as our members and some of our members who are a little more visible, not celebrity, but visible, stand with us, we're good. If any of those members break, then we're compromised. So we're doing a good job. We're standing. We're doing our best. Yeah. Thank you for yeah, asking. I hope you get everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, this works. Uh, let's, let's, oh, yeah. Have, um, have you had fun with uh, Mark Meir when doing the whole Commander Shepard thing? I haven't, I haven't, his old man, yes, yes, the readings, the, you mean the readings we did, or no? Yeah, yeah. yeah I love that, the oh, fireplace that's, ones. That's nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Mark is fun at anything. I mean, Mark's a freaking genius. He's a comedy genius. He's an amazing, lovely human being, and I have fun wherever Mark is. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I should go. <laughs> Again, my favorite line on the Every, Citadel. Everybody very timely at this <laughs> know, Q right? Everybody's like, I need to get out of the way. You've right got over. timing. Hi. Um, so you've built like a massive body of work over your time as a voice actor. Out of curiosity, are there any specific methods you have for getting into character? For me, getting into character is all in the writing. You know, plus, I've been doing this a really long time, longer than most, a lot of you have been alive, you know? I mean, since I was a teenager, and I ain't young. I mean, I'm young, but I'm not that young. <laughs> I'm middle, wow. Um, <laughs> um, I read, I went, I've taken so many different classes from so many different teachers, from, and they all come from different corners of the, of the industry. One of them was a casting director, and she said, read every script five times before you open your mouth you know, every scene, and that was really valuable. Now, a lot of these skills have become instinctive. I read for what's the overall story. I look at it from kind of a Joseph Campbell place. You know, who are the heroes, who are the archetypes, what are, where do I fit into the story? Then I go to, I'm a human being. I have felt every emotion that there is. I have been, I myself have been fortunate and unfortunate enough to be in an insanely different number of situations you know, very taxing, many of them. And so I've experienced, you know, terror, fear, rage, uh, love, the need to save, like all those things. So I access my own humanity. And then there's pieces of myself that I have to put on a shelf because that character does not have permission. Like, Shepard can't do this. Oh my God, this is so non-Shepard. That would never happen. <laughs> and Cinderella doesn't do this, you know? like. It, you just don't do that. So you put the pieces of yourself on the shelf that are not appropriate, both emotionally and in my, my vocal range, and then I just go play and see what's in the writing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, oh yeah, corner. I forget we have corners too. We have a corner up there that's yeah. been neglected. Mm -hmm. What inspires you as far as television, film, music? Do you have any favorite film directors? What inspires me, specifically film directors? Uh, television, film, or music, or do you have any favorite film Music directors? inspires me a lot, because I started, singing is my like, first love. Mm -hmm. I always, like, I, yeah, singing is my Wait, thing. Wait, Jen, were, were you like into musicals or something? No, I was in a rock and roll band. Rock and roll? I started singing in clubs when I was 15. Yeah, yeah. Um, this great acting, great shows inspire me. Like, what am I watching? I'm watching Ozark right now. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody's seen this show, but Jason Bateman is a flippin' genius. He's just pitch perfect in this thing. And I mean, of course, the old Battlestar Galactica reboot, or the new one, that was unbelievably inspiring. And I mean, great work inspires me, period. What's that HBO thing, um, Little Big Lies? The work in that's incredible. Of course, Game of Thrones, I mean, come on. I mean, I sometimes refer to the smaller shows production-wise because you know, there's so much going on in Game of Thrones. You're like, wow, the effects and the design and the this and the that. With smaller shows like Ozark and uh, Little Big Lies, you Big can really see it's just the people. It's just like the Nicole Kidman is a freaking revelation. She's just astonishing. Oh, and there's this incredible show called Rectify. Has anybody seen Rectify? Absolutely amazing. One of the best scenes between two men I have ever ever seen in my life was the opening scene of, or one of the opening scenes of season two yeah. called Running with the Bulls. Every Re time I watch it, 
it makes me cry. R Rectify is one of these shows that is going to only grow in esteem over time. <sighs> uh, it's if if you have friends that are constantly telling you to watch The Wire and you finally watch The Wire, okay, great, start watching Rectify. Rectify, I'm telling you, a friend of mine actually created that show and wrote it, and is he's a really great human. I love him so much. Um, so if anything, Commander Shepard has ordered you all to watch Rectify, so you have to. <laughs> it's, if you're an actor, it is a must-see because it is the newest wave in, in acting. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, so yeah, there's lots. Thanks. And music all day long. Over here. Hi, Jennifer. Um, huge Bioshock fan here, but my question is not about that. My question is about the long dark work. <laughs> it's a strange in terms of every Mass Effect, but still. Uh, I want to know, was it hard for you and Mark to work together from so long time ago? Like, long time passed since Mass Effect working, and now you need to work out like a married couple who have a tragedy. Was it hard for you? The Long Dark is one of my favorite projects. For those of you who don't know it, go get it. It's incredible. The team is a phenomenal, like, all-star team. Just the writing, I can't say enough good things. I was lucky enough to get into the long dark because Mark Muir tweeted a few years ago, I'm doing this cool Kickstarter. And I was like, I want to do it. <laughs> Literally. And he's like, all right, I'll connect you. And I'm like, can I do it? And they're like, yeah, okay. And I was like, thanks, I'm doing it. <laughs> so Dave Hader's doing it. Elias Dufexis is also in it. Um, we actually, Mark and I don't get to record together. Um, we play just two people who are connected. I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody who hasn't played it yet. And it's a first person survival game, but it could happen. It's not zombies, it's not crazy things. It's simply a electromagnetic technological crash and we're all screwed. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, the music just sends me, and Mark's work in it is phenomenal. So it's been, it's been a joy to do, honestly, because it's, it's a whole new universe. And the way I work, it's a lot like Groundhog Day, because I work under NDAs. I don't see 95% of my scripts ahead of time. I, what I, when we do act in games, it's cold reading. Like, they stick that script in front of you, you're like, okay, let's do this. And then, bam, a few takes later, it's going out to you guys. There's no thinking about it, there's no nothing. So I really have to live in the moment, hardcore. So when I'm done, I'm like, what, did I do that? Oh, wow, well, that must have been cool. <laughs> I'm very Dory that way. <laughs> it's so true, I'm like, oh, there's a reason I'm the backup voice for Dory, because <laughs> I'm Dory. <laughs> Thank you. Over here. Hi. I was just wondering, in Mass Effect, do you have a favorite love interest for Shepard? Oh, don't oh. make me pick. <laughs> don't make me pick. Pick a favorite ship. Wait, is Allie here? Liara? No. Um, I have to say, I love the Liara thing. It was groundbreaking. I love that Fox News got so mad about it and got us such great, <laughs> great publicity. Thank you, Fox News. That was awesome. Any opportunity to make Fox News mad. Oh, it's so great. They're so reactionary. Um, Roger Ailes is gone now. Oh, too oh, I bad. I think you, you might have killed him. Oh, gee. Um, blessings to all. Blessings to all. Um, uh, I also, something happened at the ending when I was saying goodbye to Garrus that was really moving. You know, really moving. And Thane, I mean, they were all so great. Don't make me pick. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> Thank much. Thank you. And then up to the corner, I think. Okay. Um, hi, uh, just a question about um, whether or not you like playing uh, villains or heroes. So, like, I don't know, the way I got to this question was, like, I was playing through uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Excuse me, I butchered that. <laughs> um, and I noticed that your, your character throughout the series kind of, like, had, like, a character sh shift. <laughs> um, can you tell me what you, whether or not you like villains or heroes? Like, playing I... That? I love them both. I really do. That game was interesting because that was the um, first game that I remember where I was both good and evil. You know, I was light and dark. And when they first told me, I was like, okay, what now? I'm doing what now? Uh, okay. All right, let's do it. And you really get trained for that when you do games. You're like, all right, whatever you say, let's do it. You know, you don't have, you can't say, well, I'm not sure. No, you just do it. 
It's a lot like, that's why improv is so valuable and doing all this stuff. You're like, yes, and how do I do that? <laughs> you know? Sure, and here we go. Um, I love playing them both. You know, I think some of my favorite villains are my super over-the-top ones, like uh, your Princess Morbucks and Seduces and people like that, yeah. Um, I love the heroes too, though. I mean, because who doesn't want to save the universe, right? Am I the only one? I don't think so. <laughs> so, I love them all. I really do. I mean, you have so much permission with villains to, to like, just go for it. Just go for it and be crazy and over-the-top. You have a lot more bandwidth with them, which is so great. And villains never, the key, because I know you're an actor, the key for villains is they do not, they, they're not bad. In their own mind, they're actually right. And everyone else just doesn't get it. That's the key right there. So Alan Rickman was the master of that. Yeah, may he rest in peace and please tell us all everything. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Over here, I'd like to try to get through everybody. We've got uh, about 10, maybe a little bit more uh, than that minutes left, but I think we can make it through everybody. Go right ahead. Howdy. Uh, I'm a huge fan of yours from Mass Effect to Knights of the Old Republic to I'm not gonna continue because that would be bad. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I, is there anything you wish to be called? Like, just, you know, what do you want us to refer you? Jennifer, Ms. Hale? Jennifer or Jen. Either one of those is Not fine. her royal majesty? No. <laughs> hey, you, works. Hey, that podcast lady. That's good. <laughs> That's fine. All right. I Master of the universe? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Person to set everything right, please, God. Okay, then, podcast lady. Uh, <laughs> I actually have a question, rather specific one, about voice acting. Yeah. So one of the things that's kind of required is a demo reel. But when you're starting out, you don't have any done work to start from, nor do you have like licenses to stuff. Where would you suggest we start looking for? A I have very clear thoughts on this. I'm gonna cut, cut you off a little bit. I apologize just because I know we have a lot of people and I think I know what you need. Um, two things about demo reels. When you first start learning, your learning curve is like this. So this is your point in you know, your first day. This is two months in, six months in, 12 months in, 15 months in, and then it starts to level off a little bit. If you do a demo in here, you're gonna hate it because in four months, you're gonna be so much better. You will have wasted your money, so don't do that. Wait until your improvement starts to be less, like your learning curve, you're always gonna have a learning curve, but it's not as steep. Wait till you can feel it start to level off a little bit. Second thing is, when I do demos, I just did a new commercial one, I don't know, a few months ago, I made some fake spots, because I took some real work, because it was good, but I was like, you know, this is... Demos are for where you're going, not for where you've been. There's a piece of them where you establish legitimacy, sure, but demos are about where you're going. When I moved to LA, I had been doing voice acting full, full time for like, I don't know, six or eight years. I've been acting full time, like forever. And I got to LA though, and nothing exists before LA, so I went in and I paid someone to do an entirely new reel for me. I'd done hundreds of spots before I got there, but they weren't specific to that market and they weren't about where I wanted to go. So a demo is for where you want to go. Always include some regular work if you've got it, but don't ever worry if you don't have regular work. You're like, this is who I am. This is where I'm going. Do you want to come? So. Uh, uh, one quick line reading, if you don't mind. Can you say, may the force be with you as Bastila Shan? Yes. May the force be with you. <laughs> Thank you. And with you. Thank you. Right over here. Hey. Hello. Um, so my question was, um, do you ever actually play the games that you do voices for after the fact? <laughs> <laughs> this is my not, dirty little not-so-secret, is I suck at playing games. <laughs> I get motion sick. Um, I just haven't spent any time to go up that learning curve. It's too steep. I spend so much time doing them and discussing them and thinking about them. I watch cutscenes and I watch my friends who play just so I can stay up on it. But no, I'm out there getting a big life experience so I can bring something into the booth. Yeah, but thank God for all of you who do. I appreciate you so much. You have no idea. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Up here. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. So to much rejoicement, um, Nintendo announced Metroid Prime 4. So I only have one very important question. 
Have they approached you to reprise your role as Samus Aaron? Now, everything's NDA, so had I been approached, I couldn't say anything, but let me just say, I don't have that problem yet. So feel free to email them so I do. <laughs> so you're saying that people could get on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and make sure that Nintendo knows that they really want to hear Jennifer Hale voice Samus. I think that's exactly what I'm saying. Well put. <laughs> I mean, that's what it sounded like to me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Moses. All right, will do. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right over here. Yes. Hi. Point um, that thing so down so you don't have to... There you go. Yeah. Hi. So I'm a huge fan of your work in uh, Guild Wars 2, actually. I've oh, been playing thank the MMO. you. Yeah. And um, with Path of Fire coming up, can we look forward to another cooking show on the live premiere on Twitch? Again, I'm under NDA for everything, <laughs> but I'm going to say that Guild Wars is always doing awesome things. All right. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Hi. Hi. Um, sorry, I'm shy. <laughs> it's okay, we all are. That's right. That's why we're here. That's right. And you know, if it makes you feel any better because of the shadow in your hat, I really can't see you. <laughs> so it's like I, you're talking behind a curtain, so you're safe. All right. Um, I'm wondering, um, what was it like being cast as um, Chromesia as a classy from Dragon Age? And would you actually want to do his character again for a future game? I missed the second half of the question. What was it? Would you like to play him again in a future game? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, Krem is one of my favorite characters ever. I, I got asked, that's your question, right? Yeah. I got asked to do that character quite specifically. Usually, I, like every other schlep in the business, I audition and, hey, look, I got it. And every now and then, they'll approach me and go, will you do this? And I will say, sure, or okay. And Krem, I was like, oh my gosh. I was, I was honored to be approached to play a transgender character who was really sort of stepping into the space for the first time. And I did a lot of research, a lot of research. And then I think my last hurdle to get over was what am I gonna do with that voice? How am I gonna vocally really bring that to life and honor that? And I just happened to wake up that day with a little bit of a swollen vocal cord which made my voice a little deeper. And I was like, thank you, this is awesome. <laughs> thank you, Santa Anna's, yeah. It's winds we have that bring all this crap into the air and it's very irritating. So thank you. Yeah. And next. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, just sticking at that mic. Um, hey, you're back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one of, uh, a game that I really enjoyed that hasn't been sort of mentioned yet was uh, Bioshock Infinite, oh. and you, of course, played uh, Rosalind Lutes in that. Mm -hmm. um, because that game had, like, uh, Troy Baker, uh, Kimberly Williams, who played Ashley, um, is there any game you ha you've been a part of where you were, like, really enjoyed the cast and the other um, voice actors you... Uh, performed with or oh yeah uh, all of them I mean I can't even tell you the my peers in this industry are the most wonderful creative cool really normal lovely human beings I know and they're intensely creative and delightful to be around and they inspire me every day I would not be a, a tenth of the actor that I am without them I learn from them every second, and they're a joy to be around. They're amazing and, and hilarious and inappropriate and awesome. If, when, you'll see at Princess Bride tomorrow what we're talking about. <laughs> um, but uh, that game in particular was extraordinary because it's one of the very few games where we got to record together. Oliver is an intensely talented, brilliant, delightful human being. He plays my brother. Oliver Lutes, you know, Robert Lutes, and um, we got to work together. And Ken Levine, the creator, is just one of my favorite people and one of my favorite creators. And just the conversations we had about quantum physics and the space-time continuum, like it was just insane. And Oliver's over there going, I eat paste. I'm like, I love you. Um, but, I mean, he's no slouch intellectually uh, by any stretch. Um, that game was a particularly joyous experience. Yeah, it was extraordinary to be a part of. And you. Uh, could you say heads or tails as Lutes? Yes, let's see. Row, row, row. No, let's see. 
Heads or tails? Hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I'm um, gonna go over a different, different round. I'm very big fan of you and from uh, Sam in Totally Spies. Thank you. <laughs> um, regarding that, um, when doing roles slightly, quote unquote, younger than your <laughs> than what you're doing then, um, would, do you still find? Would you find it still? You be it's harder or easier for you? It's very you, easy. I could do Sam right now. You know, you guys look out. And Mandy too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's just, it's like singing. It's just a matter of hitting the pitch and getting age. If you stay in shape as your voice ages, you shouldn't lose the top end of your voice. Like, I can still be really small if I need to. I can be really, really small if I need to. Um, <laughs> That's just a matter of staying in shape vocally. And the great thing about getting older is that you add deeper tones as your voice ages. Like I, I can also be you know, quite a bit bigger and do deeper voices than I used to. Hmm. So it's fun, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think we're gonna get everybody, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, hi, Jen. Uh, I'll say off the bat that I actually haven't played Mass Effect, so I don't know your most popular character, but um, I did grow up with your voice all over the years. Probably my first, iter first time hearing you was Black Cat in the 90s Spider-Man. Ah, thank so, you. But that's not about, uh, my question's not about that. I'm starting out as a voice actor, just trying to break into it right now. And the hardest thing for me is getting out of my own head. Like, I, I don't like the sound of my own voice. Like, I'm shaking right now, Welcome obviously. to the human condition. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you first started out, how did you like get comfortable with your voice and like get into that headspace of, you know, just going, going, going forward to not letting anything hold you back. Repetition. 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 There's no magic bullet. Actually, there is a magic bullet. It is determination, commitment, and character. And that all sounds grandiose and, and at the same time, you know, trite. But determination will keep you coming back to practice every day. Commitment will, you know, to what you want will feed you and keep you going and the character to live with when you can't stand what you're hearing but you refuse to judge yourself and shut yourself down how you sound is your is your job and at the same time it's none of your business i want you to listen to yourself over and over and over and over and over and over until you get past the sound of your own voice okay then you're gonna free up a whole bunch of your mental attention to get to work on the creative part of it. Okay, there's, are you using any affirmations or anything like that to clear out your head noise? Because there's two games. There's the game of the voice acting, and then in everything there's the head game. But people don't spend a lot of time on the head game, and the, that seems insane to me, because if you don't master the head game, you're really not getting far in the actual game you wanna play. And some people use affirmations for that. I have found there's a sort of a twist on them that I like because, you know, if I'm saying to myself, I love the sound of my voice, a lot of my mind's going, oh, that's bullshit. I can't stand it. If the mind is like an iceberg, you know, only a small percentage of it is conscious. I think it's like 5% and 95% is unconscious. And we're trying to work in the conscious mind. We need to engage the unconscious mind and have you ever had that experience where you're like, what was that, that actor's name? And five hours later, you're like, it was so-and-so. Oh, yeah. That's because your unconscious mind has been madly sorting through the files going, I'm going to find it, I'm going to find it, I'm going to find it. You know, I will, I will execute. You know, so you want to engage your unconscious mind to empower you what you want, right? And not what you don't. Right now, it's running the tapes of how you were raised. And self-criticism is a lot of how we were raised, right? Because especially up here, you know... It's not very culturally popular to go, I did such a great job. I was awesome. It's just not culturally popular up here. It's very American. Um, but people who say it in America often don't mean it because there's also a culture there of don't be so big for your britches, you know? But you need to believe in yourself, right? So instead of affirmations, I want you to ask yourself this question. Why am I so comfortable with the sound of my own voice? Why do I... Never even, no, you can't use a negative. Why do I so quickly move into the creativity 
and allow my voice to sound however it sounds. You ask yourself the why, and your unconscious is going to start to look for the evidence to prove that. That's out of a book called Affirmations. It's, it's a useful little book. Um, so yeah, just repetition. You need to work out every day a little bit. Like if you were, you know, for those of you who exercise and stuff, if you exercise for four hours on a Sunday and not at all for 10 days, are you going to get into shape? No. <laughs> You're going to get sore and injured and burnt out. If you work out for half an hour a day for exercise, let's just say, are you going to get into shape? Are you going to get stronger? You are. I do it every day. 30 minutes a day. This morning I was exhausted and jet lagged, so I only did 15 minutes of yoga, full disclosure. But you do it, because my body needs to move. And if you do a little bit, if you did vocal workouts for 10 minutes a day, you record yourself and you listen back. And I don't even want you to listen for quality. I don't want you to even listen for content. I want you to listen to your own judgment. And I want you to bring it forth. Don't shut it down. Don't judge your judgment. Just go, oh, look, that's me judging. Okay, next. And that act, that sort of mental ninja-ness will get you through to your goals faster. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good luck. To, to follow up on that, something that, something that people can go out and find. I mean, there, there are demos online. Yeah. That you guys have recorded. That that's that's how voice directors cast you for these yeah. things. People, you can listen to these. You can you can look at what it is that, that's uh, that's happening with these things and, mm -hmm. and, and do your own version of it. Play yeah. Around with it. And there's some there's some good online classes. I think Dave Fenoy is doing some stuff. A guy named Zach Hanks out of Atlanta is doing some great stuff. Debbie Dairyberry. She's she's a fierce taskmaster, but she knows this business. There's some great, great learning out there. You can listen to Rob Paulson's podcast, Talking Tunes. He interviews all of us about how we started and what we're doing and all that kind of thing. Well, if you'll forgive me a momentary uh, program note that's directly related to that. Right here in this room after this Q&A, we have the legendary Kathleen Turner. <gasps> Following her, we've got Nolan North. Uh, and then if you jump over to Constitution Hall after that, Charlie Adler oh. is moderating Tim Curry. First Q&A he's done at a convention ever. It's going to be absolutely gorgeous and, and magnificent, and Don't you owe it to yourself. Don't miss that. What time is that one? That one's, uh, I want to say 3.30. I'm going to be there. Leslie, can you check for I'm going to be a fly on the wall. Leslie's going to check for me as I, as I give you our that last our last one. Our, our, our last question. Yes. Uh, I, I brought you a copy of the, the Cards Against Humanity Mass Effect Loved expansion it. pack. Yes, They're actually at, at the show. They have a booth if you want to go buy their, yes, go. their new sets. Go get them. Uh, what is the coolest or weirdest or most unique, interesting thing that somebody has brought to you to sign for one of the various franchises that you've worked on? Uh, you know, has it been, you know, a toy, a shirt? That's one of my like favorites, that? thank you. Um, the weirdest thing was someone had me sign their arm and then tattooed my signature onto their arm. I was like, oh my gosh, okay? <laughs> you just took my, okay? <laughs> well, pretty soon we'll get Jen Hale branded uh, clothing and that sort of thing. <laughs> what, what time is it? 3.30 in Constitution Hall, just down the hall from here. You guys here. don't miss that. That's historic. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, those two and, oh my God. And Jen, you're here the whole weekend, right? I am here the whole weekend. Try the rice pilaf. Yes. Um, sorry. Inside joke. Um, yeah, I'll be here. I'll be here till about 5.30, 5.15 today. And then tomorrow all day and Sunday until probably about 3.30 or 4. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Let's hear it one more yeah, time for awesome. Jennifer Hale. Oh, yeah. And the podcast is on iTunes and it lives in. It's the art of money. Go with Jennifer Hale. It's easy to Go find. There are only like five episodes of it so yep, far. Yeah, there's only five. And jhale.org. There's a website somebody put up for me, jhale.org. It's in there. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, everyone. Woo!
Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for coming to the Act Two Theater for this session. We do have to clear the theater for the next session. Unless you are a VIP pass holder, you must exit the theater and reline up for the next session. Thank you. <laughs>